When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Get The Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and the Dadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick, here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. And that issue today is the best NXT call-up ever. Michael Hamlet, the suspense is killing me. Who is it? It's Solo Sokoa. Excuse me, where am I, manners? Solo Sikawa, <laughs> um, formerly a babyface um, secondary title holder in NXT, mm-hmm. that kind of was immediately installed in the main event program of WWE's main roster. Uh, brought in as a surprise debutant, which was a huge gamble, like that might not have paid off and previously hasn't done. Whenever somebody was brought in effectively cold, there have been countless cold NXT debuts in recent times, for yeah. example. Um, brought in alongside Roman Reigns and looking the part doing it. It's one thing to be given that opportunity, but plenty of wrestlers have fumbled the ball when they've been throwing it over WWE's long history. Uh, and it's just been really impressive to see him take the opportunity, run with it, and like build his part, but just the right amount. He's not had to compromise too much of what we saw on NXT in about the year or so that he was introduced to a much smaller WWE TV mm. audience. But everything he's done so far has felt like a perfect fit. All the physical interactions with the bloodline have been measured perfectly. His matches are far more interesting than many of the ones that Triple H books. And it doesn't, it already, considering that Clash at the Castle was only, what, September, it doesn't feel like a recent thing. It mm. kind of feels like he's been with the bloodline as long as there's been the bloodline. And for like a story that has been a top, and you know, a top WWE for that long, that's possibly like the biggest compliment you can pay, really. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you don't need to say any more to convince me. I think his arrival on the main roster has been sensational. But Sid, you know, people will say, well, hang on a second. Finn Balor came in and straight away became Universal Champion. Kevin Owens came in and beat John Cena. Why is Solo Sokoa's call-up to the main roster so much better than not just them, but all others? Uh, just to get a semantics thing out of the way, the Shields were never really promoted from NXT. Yeah. Um, yes, they appeared on NXT briefly in some cases when it was NXT. And yes, they had two just absolutely incredible years before their um, respective solo careers had the ups and downs that all WWE main roster acts have. And that's kind of the point that we're trying to make here with Solo Sikawa. Solo Sikawa <laughs> is that, yes, Kevin Owens had a better match with John Cena than Solo Sikawa has so far, right? But... When was Sikawa introduced? August, September, October, November, December. He's in it was like six months mm. at this point. 
Six months into Kevin Owens' main roster run, Randy Orton, as scripted, was already calling Kevin Owens fat. And Kevin Owens went on to headline WrestleMania against Steve Austin, mm-hmm. but he also went on to get thrown into a porta potty by Braun Strowman <laughs> in an absolutely atrocious wrestling program. Um, Finn Balor, yes, he's having great fun with the Judgment Day. He's an exceptional cackling heel in that WWE style. He knows the role. He's really, really funny with it. And yes, he won the Universal title far quicker than any accolade Solo Sikoa has managed, which is none. But also, he was told to smile out there. Mm-hmm. Smile out there. <laughs> and he looked weird and eerie, like he just was so uncomfortable in his own skin. He also had a feud with Bray Wyatt, which was absolutely terrible. Um what I'm driving at here is that every other NXT call-up, Asuka's done some great stuff with the Kabuki Warriors. Mm-hmm. She's had some great matches. It's all so uneven, fitful, inconsistent, no long-term plan. You're allowed to invest, and then you're not, and then you don't invest, but you enjoy it, and it's always with an asterisk. Yeah. It's always undermined by the fact that well, under the Vince era, if we can even refer to it, in the past tense yeah. at this time of recording, you could always enjoy something that Asuka did. Something like her Kabuki Warriors team with uh, Kairi Sane. The difference is that you know a sharp decline is just inevitable. Um, it's always so inconsistent. And they always put a ceiling over virtually every single... Pa- Possibly every single NXT call-up, there was always a ceiling. There was always that nagging feeling that they're never going to headline WrestleMania for years and years to come. They're never going to do something consistently high-profile, even if it's not always interesting. And there was always that sense that Vince never talked to them, that they weren't Vinces, that they were sort of recruited from a school of thought almost in the independent scene that he was just never attuned to. That was never his thing. And the difference now with Solo Sikoa, and look, I'm not the biggest fan of WWE's weekly television. I find it quite dry and bland. If nothing else, what he's done with Solo is that he's built the trust within his audience to get on board with Sikoa, to trust that one day he might win a top title, Mm. that he's not going to get embarrassed, that he's not going to find himself in some absolutely useless, redundant, unfunny, comedic feud. He's not going to get humiliated on national television. He's not going to get vanished for months on end because creative has nothing for him. Solo Sikoa is proof that with Triple H on top of a uh, actual ecosystem that benefits itself across all branches of the organization, this is the way it should have gone all along. And look, I don't think he's had an absolutely classic standout match yet, but I do think it's coming and I don't think it'll be all for naught. And that is the key distinction between Solo Sikoa and the other wrestlers who he's followed that have experienced higher peaks. Mm, yeah, he's he's been unstoppable since arriving on the main roster. He's obviously the enforcer of the bloodline. And people might say, well, that's a bit of a cheat code if you align yourself or you're aligned with someone. It's fake. Like Roman Reigns. There should be cheats <laughs> all over the place. Yeah, but he has... He just really is fitting in well. And, and something Sid alluded to there, I thought, as well, Hampler, is a lot of the time we are used to seeing NXT call-ups there on, let's or previously certainly, on the Raw at SmackDown after WrestleMania because the, the fans of NXT may have been there for WrestleMania weekend yeah. and be like, oh, I know that person. The thing with that is Solo Sokoa, like you say, came through an NXT that was not as widely watched 
uh, and widely acknowledged as, as, as many others. Debuts at a show like that, which isn't the hardest of our... It's a British audience, which, you know, we consume a lot more of the product, obviously, uh, or certain, certain members of the, you know, wrestling community do at least. But he's... I think the thing for me is the weekly shows... Your NXT stars of old, people would just not react to them. He's maintained that level of, I don't know, respect, fear from from the audience, and I think it's it's just been showcased by his performances. And he's just been so good in ring, and I, I'm not sure if he's even lost a singles match yet. He's not yet, and that's absolutely something that they can use, and I'm sure will use at some point down the line for a number of different big matches with big opponents. The Shield, I think, is a really interesting comparison here, not because as Cedric points out, they were never really the Shield. On and they just like Seth Rollins have been a world champion. Roman Reigns was kicking around as singles guy. Ambrose wasn't ever at all. On no. NXT. But like, you know, they were kind of seen as an in-house project done good. The thing with the Shield was there was three of them. And that sounds really obvious. <laughs> but the amount of single stars that didn't feel like they could fight for themselves with Vincent Mann shouldn't be a fight, by the way. It should be a collaborative process. But yeah. it was always a fight. The Shield have said countless times there was three of them. And they had enough bravery between the three of them to fight for their one singular cause. So, boss, please let us not go out there with riot shields. Boss, we need to change the turtlenecks. And there's three of us that believe this, and we can all fight together. We need to win this match. We need to keep this undefeated streak for a long time. We need to squash X and Y and so on. That helped so much that there was three of them to make that act feel credible. Solo Sokoa, I'm assuming, with familial links already and Roman Reigns alongside him, has probably had a similar kind of protection in a system that doesn't need as much Triple H, you would assume, is nowhere near as combative with the talents that he has helped nurture along the way. I remember, um, and like, I don't think they had anywhere near the, the pull that the Shield would have had. But I remember Enzo and Cass having not a bad first year on the main roster, all things considered. They were running the summer alongside John Cena. They were never particularly buried. But all, all the time, the narrative was, oh, when's Vincent Mann going to end the fun and push Big Cass? Because that was what he saw. Yep. He knew Enzo could talk and he knew Big Cass was seven foot tall and you can't teach that. And it was going to happen sooner or later. And when it did, the whole thing fell apart horribly, horribly. That split was a disaster for both guys mm. for a variety of different reasons. And you just think, well, even then, when there was an act that you, Vince clearly saw one thing in one and one thing in the other, he didn't like them together. <laughs> he's still he's swimming against the tide. And I just don't think Solo's had that problem. So he has come along in a slightly different time. Um... But even if Vince was there, if the idea all along was when he gets called up, he goes with the bloodline because it just makes sense. Being on Roman's side with the power that Roman now has backstage would have ensured that character would have been protected as well. Mm. Roman Reigns didn't become a locker room leader in 2015 when he was winning the Royal Rumble against everybody's better judgment when he was the world champion in 2016 or any other time like that. He became a locker room leader for me when he walked away from a WrestleMania main event at the start of the pandemic. He assured, he kind of like secured that position for good when he returned six months later and was immediately thrust back into the top spot because he was absolutely the best man for the job. That showed guts and grit and not the edge kind, real guts, real grit <laughs> to say exactly who was boss and he knew his value. And I think that changed everything with that dynamic. He wrestled that time in the crowd in a mask. Roman Reigns was doing what was right for Roman Reigns and Vincent Mann respected that and that created this character that was unstoppable. That created a power that, to be fair, as a top star, Reigns should have been afforded years ago. But oh, yeah. It takes so much longer to get anywhere in this company now. That was the kind of Steve Austin-like guile that Vince McMahon clearly would have respected in Roman. So even if this hadn't have been a Triple H run and Vince McMahon was seeing... Uh, Solo, for the very first time backstage at Clash at the Castle, he never watches NXT. He's got that TV in his old office. He never switched it on. Mm. Even if he'd never seen him, he'd be like, oh, you're a Roman guy. 
Romans vouch for you. The Usos are vouch for you. You're part of this act. Well, like, next week, I want to put a funny wig on you in a Miz TV segment. Roman would say, you're not going to do that. And Vince <laughs> would say, all right, yeah, we'll call it a draw. I do think that's been, like, a, a key difference in this, regardless of who's been in that chair in Gorilla. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. A big honorable mention that we can't not mention is Bianca Belair. um, She's proof of concept of the performance center in general, uh, or maybe an aberration, one of the two, (laughs) depending on how cynical you are. She was a top-class athlete. She was honed exclusively in the WWE system, and she has gone on to be so amazing on the big stage that you could conceivably build WrestleMania around her. She's so dependable. I know it's only been two matches, but they're two of the very better matches in WWE's modern WrestleMania history, so she absolutely should be considered an honorable mention. I think she's so great when she's on that big stage. Having um, said that, it was like a weak false start, though, wasn't it? You know, they kind of had to reset her around that first Royal Rumble she had after this kind of six months of doing out. Yeah, she really, did like, six months of out. The build with the Sasha program on the week to week TV was absolutely disastrous. Just doing terrible law stuff with Alexa Bliss right now. She got embarrassed at SummerSlam. And again, no matter how high you reach, that pinnacle in WWE. Not only do you get the WrestleMania main event, you deserve the WrestleMania main event. You have one of the best WrestleMania main events in years, and then you do an even better match the next year. There's still Vince is an idiot and useless, <laughs> which kind of tarnishes her run. If you look at it chapter by chapter by chapter, again, it's just so uneven, and that hasn't been the case with Sikora. Yeah, he's had a great, like you say, came in the summer, six months or so on the main roster. The next big hurdle 
uh, one would assume, is WrestleMania. And you can kind of assign the bloodline to certain matches. If we assume it'll be, let's say, Roman versus Cody, obviously, Usos versus potentially Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. What do you think they do with Solo at the show of shows? I think there is a distinct possibility that they will try to do a giant versus giant type match with Solo Sokoa while his undefeated streak remains intact. Um, on Raw at the moment, there's only really the Judgment Day as an established table are there every single week because the bloodline is theoretically invading. They're not supposed to be there when they are there. The Hurt Business are coming back. I know, like, you know, your tastes, you know, mileage may vary yes. on, the, on the Hurt Business. But I think one thing the Hurt Business will do is will just immediately, um, Bobby Lashley's been kind of floating around in the US title sludge. It will immediately rehab him as the most dangerous member of the Hurt Business. The Hurt Business is centered around him being this most dominant guy. Um, if they are to come back as babyfaces or heels, to be honest, uh, they will be seen as a threat to the bloodline. And while Roman is distracted with, let's say, The Rock or Cody Rhodes, and the Usos are now busy with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, that kind of leaves Solo vulnerable for the first time because there's so much bloodline business. And the Hurt Business might seek to do something about that. Bobby Lashley being somebody that could believably end Solo Sokoa's undefeated streak and then failing to do it at WrestleMania would be a huge moment for Solo Sokoa. That moment would exist for Solo more than it would exist for Bobby. And I think that has become more possible in the last couple of months because it appeared as if they were going with Lashley versus Lesnar and he has since been rumoured as being up against Gunther. Mm. So that kind of frees up Bobby Lashley for something interesting. The prospect of Solo Sokoa breaking the hurt lock for example, which is not something people get to do. That's like that is a move that is established in over in an old-fashioned way, where when somebody breaks it, you you will remember it. It's not like Drew kicking out of Baron Corbin's finisher at WrestleMania in a wasted mid-card moment. That would count on the night, um, and him getting that win while remaining undefeated would be a talking point coming out of his first WrestleMania. You don't need to race these people to title matches. If anything, it becomes this little... Like Undertaker built up a streak over 20 years. That wasn't him getting a title match at his first WrestleMania. Yeah. You can build these things steadily so it looks even better when you're kind of doing the, the little history package or the retrospective stuff. Do you reckon Lashley at the WrestleMania or something different? I want to make it interesting. I'll go with something different. And look, the, AE, uh, the WWE main roster, AEW on the mind, uh, <laughs> is... Like, realistically, it's aging out to a quite uh, staggering degree. It's uh, AJ Styles has already picked up an injury. Mm -hmm. Drew McIntyre's missed a lot of time recently as a result of wear and tear. That's always going to affect um, the professional wrestler who is north of 40 or who has, you know, exceeded it and all the rest of it. I would look, if I'm Triple H, at very reliable, dependable, over guys who realistically have peaked and are never again going to be as popular as they were a few years ago. And, you know, I, I think Drew's really, really talented, but he's not going to get where he was for me in early 2020. Um, I just, and especially after Clash at the Castle, we've discussed this on numerous occasions. It looks like his future is as a heel. I think he's done everything he can as a babyface, so he would be an option. Mm. Um, similarly, Sheamus, yeah. even though I think both of them are uh, probably going to be working each other. Um, but I would pick someone like Drew, someone like yeah. Seamus, a baby face with loads of credit in the bank who's actually over, and there aren't that many in WWE right now, and someone who is going to represent a scalp, someone who the audience kind of knows isn't going to be there, who doesn't necessarily have the tools to get back over to the biggest degree again in their careers. Like, Solo's the big project, so mm. he should be beating someone in a massive statement, bold, committed, clean win, at WrestleMania, and again, they can do a title match. Yes. Such a shame they threw away Mustafa Ali on last week's Raw. 
Why just be like Could have bloody be him. Could have yeah. bloody be him. that lined up for Mania. Yeah, it's one of those things where Solo's the project now. Yeah. Kind of has to be him. Look, they've already done this with Sami Zayn or in the process of doing it. The baby face in the heel. It's a very different slant on the Batista angle, but it's one of the most enduring stories. God knows Tony Khan absolutely <laughs> adores it. Once Sami Zayn goes full-blown baby face, why not replicate the success of that enduring trope and have Solo Sikoa very quietly just take on um, some heel challenges and beat them? And kind of get a little bit of a taste of, oh, I like being over. Roman I like having a belt to hold, and he kind of likes yeah, solving yeah, it. Yeah. Like, he likes the agency of being popular. He likes being his own man. He's very much detached from the bloodline. They might even be planting the seeds for something like this already. So he could even be a heel and sort of go through that cycle again. I love those ideas. That or the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. But, and I realise that cheat sounds cheap, he eliminates literally everyone. That's stupid. Chucks every <laughs> single person out of the ring. That sounds boring. <laughs> Just like flings his thumb around and someone spikes as many necks as he can. You know that scene in the the second Matrix film? That. Yeah. <laughs> the wrestlers surrounding Solo Sokoa. Uh, finally, I'm going to ask this question mainly in more in hope than expectation. Is this a sign of the future are they going to be better when it comes to NXT call-ups? Well, look at everyone who's returned. No. It should be because of the way NXT has changed. Nothing to do with the returns. As Cedric points out, they're from a very different NXT. They're from that hideous Platinum X with a bunch of schools, Triple H run that nobody watched. No, Apart from us three. Nobody watched that yeah. show. That's why there's silence when these wrestlers come out. Um, this should be different and should be better. Uh, if Vince McMahon remotely holds any of his words true about like letting Triple H play with his toys, and continue sitting in his chair. Triple H and Shawn Michaels have got some synergy here. There's like this thing's going on in NXT. Um, there's far more fluidity between the, the roster these days, the way that people move down to help out in NXT and then go back up to the main roster, all that sort of thing. I think Triple H is just watching NXT fight. Even if he doesn't like the version of it as compared to his old grime gothy version, he's watching it, and Vince McMahon wasn't. So it isn't just going too soft for Triple H. It's <laughs> heavy, it's heavy. <laughs> it isn't going to be like... Vincent Mann being force-fed these wrestlers that he didn't even want, save for the odd eight by ten of a muscled guy like a Lars Sullivan. Like, it's going to be people at Triple H as once he's kind of seen somebody, he's going to give them six more months of watching NXT and think, I cannot wait. I Like, Triple H right now, in my opinion, will have his first plan for Bron Breaker. He might not be able to mm -hmm. execute it, but he'll have his plan for Bron Breaker. Mellow. Mellow. Tiffany Stratton, maybe. T maybe, like, but Roxanne Perez, the, the people that he really yeah. likes on that show, he'll already be thinking about who I'd like to pair them with, who I want to have them run, like... 17-minute Raw matches with. I've got my ideas in mind. It just, if things stay as they are, excluding Vince, yes, it will get better, but only because the process, it has to be more joined up. It's Triple H and Sean versus Vince McMahon and the son-in-law who doesn't even really respect the talent like I of. It seems like a weird blueprint to suggest, doesn't it, Sid? Because I'm saying, you know, do more of this sort of thing, and I don't mean bring in more people and align them with Roman Reigns, but... <laughs> Really simply, it's when you bring someone up from NXT, maybe have a plan for this first six months on the main <laughs> roster. Yeah, absolutely. It is as simple as that. And it's funny you say six months because Triple H has got that oft ridiculed quote where it's like, they've all got a six-month plan. It's like, yeah, if it was up to you, they would. And you know for a fact it isn't uh, up to you at all. Dexter Loomis did. Yeah, this is true. This <laughs> is absolutely true. Uh, I know it's just basics, isn't it? Just have an idea. Think through the idea. Com commit to the idea, then the idea will bear fruit. It's all incredibly simple. And there is talent in NXT. We take the piss out of it. Uh, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, mm -hmm. Spot uh, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. But it is genuinely quite good at developing talent. Um, it's throwing some crap at a wall half the time. It's 
terrible television show, but it is effective. Well, come on. <laughs> come on. But it is effective, and it's just it's just the most... WWE was so terrible. I was doing well. I was putting Sokoa over, over as well, and now I have to get on my bollocks again. But it was so terrible for so long that it just broke people's brains. Mm. Like, made you forget about the basics of drama and storytelling. Mm. You have an idea. You go to, like, the end first, then you work your way backwards that when you get to the end, people will think you're a friggin' genius for telling the story when you're just telling a basic story. Um, yeah, it should be the way forward. This could this podcast could be rendered entirely irrelevant by the time you stop recording because Vince just keeps being Vince. I want NXT to stay as it is because they do throw a lot of crap at the wall, but some of it stacks sticks. You'll be upset by that. Let us know your thoughts. <laughs> Uh, on Solo Sokoa and your favourite NXT call-ups in the comments section or on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Actually, well, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet on Twitter at... Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. But for now, this has been Get the Table. My thanks to the Dadly Voice. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 